I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design, with a conversation about color. Not the color for any particular period of time, but how and why color selection is so important. And it is, am I right? There is nothing wrong with stating color trends or designating colors of the year. But I've always felt that type of promotion is a bit gimmicky. Color selection is as personal as the design itself. I believe that. If that's true, then designating a specific color is antithetical to that entire premise. So I wanted to have a conversation about color, color selections, choices, and ideas by empaneling three amazing creatives who know this subject intimately. More to the point, this conversation is about color. Um, it's more than, than just shade, depth, value, hue, or intensity. More than just position on a color wheel or what season the client thinks they are or matching that heirloom china set that grandma gave them. This distinguished group is breaking down color by all of the above plus texture, style, historical, and social value by texture, depth, and other factors that elicit more than beauty, but feel, an emotional response to the space. We're going deep in this one, another installment of the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series presented by Thermosol. Color can have such a tremendous impact on mood, style, feel, and look in any space. With so many Colors of the Year promotions, it's hard to separate trending from trendy. New ideas emerge from the fashion industry every season that impact color and pattern preferences in the design industry. This is a look not at what the popular colors will be in six months from now, but influences and strategies for finding the right colors for the preferences of the client and historical ideas with respect to color palette and pattern selection. I wanted you to hear a little bit from the designers we have. Here's a here's a tease. Alicia Bailey from Bailey Lee Interiors. I definitely know that I'm a maximalist overall when it comes to design. Color, I do push the limits. And for those people, I do have clients that don't like a lot of color and that will say they like neutrals. So what I've been able to do with them is introduce them to metallics that are neutral but that just give like a, a like that the the light hits it in a certain way and it's really beautiful. So it may look very neutral during the day and then at night when the moonlight is hitting it. So I'm able to do some really cool things with color, even when the client you know insists like I don't want a lot of bright color. Um, so yeah, I do push it. And metallics to some people do seem like that's really like gaudy or a lot. Um, but when you use a really beautiful, you know, silver with a little bit of gold leaf or, you know, a satin or a pearl, it's, it just looks amazing. Um, so I, I, I guess I could say that I'm, I'm a, I am a maximalist. Am I a maximalist with color? Probably so. <laughs> this is Christina Garcia from Layered Dimensions. You know, I spend a lot of time on the front end with the clients, um, really getting to know them, really trying to understand the um, purpose of each of the rooms. How are those rooms going to function? Who's going to interact in those spaces? 
Um, is it going to be for entertaining family? Is it a quiet space? What are, what are the purposes? What are the functions? Like I said, for each of those rooms. Um, and then I have them start to pull concept images, whether it, 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 they may pull a kitchen for a living room, but because they like the feel, because they like the, you know, it, it's not because of, oh, I like that vent hood. It might be, oh, this, I can relate to this image. And as they start to develop or bring their concept images together, I really try to look at patterns and repetition and things that I can start to see play with one another. Okay, they're pulling a lot of cool tones. They must, this must, you know, be something that they're really drawn to. Um, and then I, then I start to really ask specific questions. Do you, I see you're pulling grays, you know, do you like these cooler grays? And I'll start to show them other images or, you know, oh, I don't like that. That, that makes it feel sterile or, you know, I'll show them warmer tones. How does this make you feel? And I, I ask very specific questions. Um, and I, I walk through, I say walk through, but a lot of times we're looking at a floor plan and we will go room by room and really dissect it and understand how, how those rooms are going to operate. And, um, then we'll start to apply colors to those spaces. You know, the main objective usually is to not make that house, the house feel like a bunch of different rooms from different houses. So we really try to create a flow. Um, but at the same time, um, if you're going to be in an office there, that's one feeling, then you're going to have in a gym. Um, so, you know, those colors are going to be different. There might be different colors for the, the living room that are different than the master bedroom. But at the same time, you know, we may, we still want it to flow. We still want it to feel cohesive, but maybe there are different intensities of color. Maybe there are different textures that um, play or, you know, play into the different color tones or, um, you know, the, like we talked about before, the metallics, whatever the different elements or construction materials might be that play into the furniture as well. Um, you know, they all impact one another. And then we always make those selections, as Rocky was saying, in the home. So let's put the paint colors on the walls. Let's see the floor stains on the floors, in the house, in the right rooms. Let's bring the fabrics in there. Let's, you know, see how um, the different light bulbs or the, the different intensities or, or um, temperatures of the light bulbs affect that color and the different types of day. So it's very much an um, evolutionary study of the person, but also of the light of the house, of the um, time of year. It, it's all very much plays hand in hand um, with each other. And I think it's, you know, uh, it, it takes time to get it right. And um, the client is very much a part of that whole process because, you know, it is um, very personal. This is Rocky Roshan. I think the way that we're talking about color, we're talking about in reference to its vividness and its brightness. Color has a huge range, infinite range of hues and values and and, you know, in our paint collection, for instance, we, we have a lot of uh, colors that are relatively neutral, but they go from, they go across the whole spectrum. But when you're doing an interiors and you're going to create a whole room in one color, you have to be a lot more subtle with it or it's going to get, you know, whoa, like, you know, you could turn a, a gray, blue, a blue room into a baby's robinette blue in a second, you know, blue gets really blue the more you, you know, you paint it. Um, yeah, and in our collection of paint, for instance, we've developed a whole series of different textures. We have um, a suede finish, um, an Endura dead flat finish, a, a lacquer finish, and we do all those in the same finish. So to your point, Christina, and also uh, Alicia, there's 
the textures make a huge difference. But you know, color can be the most beautiful room can be the most subtle um, reflection of a of a pale you know turquoise light you know, but that you don't even know is discernible as a color until you envelop the room in it. You know, so I think when we talk about color, we have to be talking about this whole the whole range of what color is. You know, and those ranges are what, what, what create emotional responses. Convo by Design is presented by Walker Zanger a fantastic company and an equally fantastic design partner. While the Walker Zanger brand was built on the promise to inspire designers and architects to do their best work, there's far more to it than that. Yes, that promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. But at the heart is a family-owned and operated business that provides stunning surfaces for a well-designed home and does it to make designers and architects do their best work for their clients. Walker Zanger started in 1952, and they are absolutely one of the best trade partners a designer can have. Check out their newest collaborative line with designer Pieta Donovan, a collection of cement and ceramic tiles inspired by the patterns and colorways of the 1970s and created with a comfortable modernity. Walker Zanger is on the cutting edge of design, featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can create. And they provide homeowners with the materials that dream kitchens and baths are made of. Check out any of their 14 showrooms across the country or shop online, walkerzanger.com. Let me preface this conversation with this. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to sort of set the table. I'm going to go around and I would love for each of you to introduce yourselves. And then I want to have a conversation about color specifically. Um, this is part of the, this is the color episode. Um, it is part of the wellness and design thought leadership series uh, presented by Thermosol. And I want, to, I want to talk about color. I want to come from a different perspective. This is not about, oh, isn't that pretty? Oh, that's my favorite color. Oh, that's the color of the year. I think color is so, so much more important than that. I think it affects virtually every aspect of design. And I want to talk about it from a different perspective, maybe that we haven't explored in the past, like how it affects mood, how mood affects well-being, um, health, wellness. Um, the, uh, do certain colors lead to wealth, love, happiness. I don't want to get totally woo-woo on you, but if you want to go there, I'm totally good with that. So that being said, I'm going to, I'm going to go around the horn here and I'd like you to sort of introduce yourselves. And Christina, I'm going to start with you. Uh, my name is Christina Garcia. I am based in Dallas, Texas and own Layered Dimensions Interior Design. Uh, we do mostly um, high-end residential uh, interior design. Bailey. Hi, I'm Alicia Bailey, owner of Bailey Lee Interiors. I am out of Orange, New Jersey, and I am not only an interior designer, but I am a decorative artist well known for my hand-painted wall murals. Hi, everyone. And we're going to and we're going to get to the to the to the one that almost took your life in a minute because it's my favorite story and I love it. Um, <laughs> and Rocky, over to you, bud. Yeah, um, I'm Rocky Roshan. Um, I'm in Seattle and Los Angeles. Um, I have an interior design business that does mostly high-end residential, some commercial. 
I'm also am the founder of the Paint Laboratory with my own collection of uh, paint. Nice. Mm-hmm. So here's here's where I want to go with this. Now, I have spoken to each of you before, and I love that because there's this certain level of familiarity, and, and I love that. Um, Bailey, I had, I had mentioned the mural. Uh, in It's in New Jersey, correct? Yes. Yeah. And 17-foot high mm-hmm. ceiling, you're on this ladder, you're, you're, you're sacrificing or potentially sacrificing your, your, your life for the love of color. But beyond, beyond how incredibly dangerous this whole series was, I want you to talk about why and the importance behind the murals that you do. Okay, great. I, would, I love this topic. Um, so that particular wall was for this amazing woman. She's an author, a lifestyle coach, huge personality. And she was just you know, just in love with my, my design work and my art walls. And she kept saying, I have to have a Bailey Lee wall. Um, and I'd never heard anyone coin it a Bailey Lee wall. And she allowed me the freedom to just do whatever I wanted on that wall. And of course, you know, I had her color um, palette. I knew what colors I was using in her space, but I didn't know what type of mural I would create for her. And I, she, was, she was just embarking on a new change. Um, so I wanted this wall to represent that metamorphosis for her. Um, and she loved fuchsia. Fuchsia is like her favorite color. So this wall, when she, she went away for a weekend, and I delivered this wall. I did this wall. I nearly killed myself right on the ladder. You know that story. Um, I was at the, because, you know, I had the tallest ladder I could get, <laughs> that I could get. And I'm at, on my tippy toes on the top of this ladder, just trying to paint the very top. Um, because I wanted this to look like an abstract butterfly. I wanted it to represent her, not only her personality, but also what was going on in her life this big, this huge metamorphosis. And I was afraid, you know, because it was a lot of colors. There's fuchsia, there's gold, there's orange. Um, And I wasn't sure how she was going to receive all of this. She came home um, and she said, oh, it's really nice. But then three days later is when I really got the response because I was like, oh my God, she hates this. Um, And she came home, three days later, she called me and she said, my branding manager saw it. She said, this is my website now. This is where we're shooting everything, my podcast, everything. This is so me. And this is like, you know, this just became a part of her business. Um, And so it did so much more for her than just decorate her home, right? It just, it added to her life. It spoke to her life journey and it added to her brand. So I was just really excited that that was what came of that wall that she desired to have so badly. I hope so, that answered the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I think that's sort of the first thing that color speaks to happiness, right? Color, it's, yes. it's more about opportunity. And Christina, we were talking about this um, when, when you and I spoke, that the effects that, that color has on space, use of space, and especially I believe we were talking about in the last year of things, how really boosting emotion and it has been so critical because you know getting down has has not been hard to do over the past year and 
having spaces where you can go that that change the tone of your soul, you know, that just change your mood and change Absolutely. your, you know, and I know that you pay very close attention to this in your own work. Yes. Um, you know, one of the things I strongly try to do is, you know, really speak with the clients and understand their um, desires for the home. And I think for a long time, you know, people were nervous about adding color to their houses because for so long, the colors were, um, people felt like they had to be in this niche, you know, they had to be golds and reds, or they had to be, you know, creams and browns. And that was what, you know, everybody else was doing. And that's, you know, what they felt like they needed to do as well. And then we went away from all color completely. Um, we started doing whites and grays and, and, and some hints of blue maybe. And then, um, you know, I think people are now starting to, to realize it's okay to have a personality with my home. It's okay for the home to reflect me or my style or, you know, they're designing, I feel like more for themselves now instead of for resale or instead of for, um, you know, just to get away from the goop, the gold, the crown molding and all that kind of stuff. I feel like people are now finally um, allowing color to really, um to be a part of the home, whether it's in the cabinetry or the wallpaper or um, some really fun fabrics. I, I, I think it's um, really a great, um, it's it's really been a huge impact. Um, I've seen it really um, hit home quite a bit here in the last year, which is really fun. <coughs> um, Rocky, it's, it's interesting because you and I have talked about this and you know my feelings about the color of the year really interesting and i think it's important that i kind of add the context to this it's not that you shouldn't have color of the year okay it's because listen i i've I, my career was built in branding and i get advertising and i get branding and i get marketing and i completely understand it but designers don't design for one year at a time you know, fast fashion, totally get it. Design, interior design is not fast fashion, right? So you can be inspired by something, but to say, okay, the color of the year is salmon or it's puce or it's fuchsia. Okay, I get it. But what if I hate it? What if I don't like that? Then I'm going to be out for a year, right? And Rocky, you and I have, dis have discussed this before. And I think your ideas are really interesting as it relates to the right color for the situation, for the personality, for the background, for the backdrop. And these are things that, that you study and that you, you talk about. Uh, in my design process, I don't use words when I'm having conversations about visuals. Um, I use visuals to communicate, to have my clients commun communicate what they like, what they love, what they hate, so that I can kind of get into their head and start looking at how they respond to all kinds of imagery. And certainly color is a big portion of what that imagery would contain. Although there could be some clients that are adverse to color. And so I end up seeing a very neutral uh, palette. But through that, through that process, I get into their skin so I can start to figure out how they're gonna respond to it. And I believe the color is completely subjective from person to person. And we have talked about this as well. Um, you know, I always use this example. Um, when, I've, when I've been asked this question, you know, a lot of people say, oh, yellow is a sunny, uplifting color. And I always say, well, it's not if you got hit by a school bus when you were 13, you know. Um, <laughs> <Good 
so everyone's going to have a different, a very different, and, and also the other, but so there is definitely strong emotional connection to color on a personal level. And so that's where, I mean, I, I believe in trending. I mean, we've, we've been trending with all kinds of white interiors, um, certainly up to COVID. And I'm really curious, you know, to see where the trending comes, you know, as we emerge out of COVID. I have some strong feelings about that, but I have no experience yet with people and working with them to see how that is going to be changing. Um, but yeah, I think color is very, 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 very personal. And not to, you know, I think you hit, you hit on a couple of points that are interesting. And Bailey, I'm coming back to you because I don't want to label you, but I'm curious. Would you consider yourself a color maximalist? I definitely know that I'm a maximalist overall when it comes to design. Color, I do push the limits. And for those people, I do have clients that don't like a lot of color and that will say they like neutrals. So what I've been able to do with them is introduce them to metallics that are neutral, but that just give like a, a like that the the light hits it in a certain way and it's really beautiful. So it may look very neutral during the day and then at night when the moonlight is hitting it. So I'm able to do some really cool things with color, even when the client you know insists like I don't want a lot of bright color. Um, so yeah, I do push it. And metallics to some people do seem like that's really like gaudy or a lot. Um, but when you use a really beautiful, you know, silver with a little bit of gold leaf or, you know, a satin or a pearl, it's, it just looks amazing. Um, so I, I, I guess I could say that I'm, I'm a, I am a maximalist. Am I a maximalist with color? Probably so. <laughs> well, I love it because you, you actually took me where I was going anyway. Um, so thank you for that. And Christina, over to you, because I, I think that that's, you know, just to sort of dovetail on what, what Bailey said, I'm curious, your opinion, do you think that people confuse their desire for neutrals and their fear of color? A little bit. Um, you know, I think when they see neutral, I think a lot of times they think of, oh, that's going to be, if it's neutral, it's classic, or it's going to be timeless, or, um, you know, that's something that will, you know, be around forever. I'm not going to get tired of it. Um, I will say I'm my own worst client when it comes to that. I, my own home is neutral because I'm afraid of, you know, adding a color because I might like a different color next year um, or next week for that matter. Um, but I, I do think, you know, when it is in neutral palette, um, there are, like Bailey was saying, I mean, you can, um, you know, um, bring in those metallics, but also there's textures, um, textural um, elements with fabrics or layering different elements of rugs or um, really interesting ways of, you know, having tile and, and wood. And there's just all these other elements that make it not look flat. Um, and the, the different textures bring different colors into those neutrals. I feel like um, that helps quite a bit in that capacity. Um, but I also think that just because it's a neutral palette doesn't mean that that is timeless. I think color can also um, be something that is a very traditional or very long lasting um, design 
uh, direction. And I don't think people should be afraid to go that way. Um, and I think it, it can just be um, something that, you know, can it, people are a little nervous because it is more of a commitment. But I think it's something that for those who do go that down that route, um, once they do, they, they really love it. I want to jump in for a second. I think the way that we're talking about color, we're talking about in reference to its vividness and its brightness. Color has a huge range, infinite range. Sure, absolutely. Of hues and values. And, and, you know, in our paint collection, for instance, we, we have a lot of uh, colors that are relatively neutral, but they go from, they go across the whole spectrum. But when you're doing an interiors and you're gonna create a whole room in one color, you have to be a lot more subtle with it or it's gonna get, you know, woo, like, you know, you could turn a, a gray blue, a blue room into a baby's robinette blue in a second, you know, blue gets really blue the more you, you know, you paint it. Um, yeah, and in our collection of paint, for instance, we've developed a whole series of different textures. We have um, a suede finish, um, an endure dead flat finish, a, a lacquer finish, and we do all those in the same finish. So to your point, Christina, and also, uh, Alicia, there's the textures make a huge difference. But, you know, color can be the most beautiful room can be the most subtle um, reflection of a, of a pale, you know, turquoise light, you know, but that you don't even know is discernible as a color until you envelop the room in it, you know. So I think when we talk about color, we have Great. to be talking about this whole, the whole range of what color is, you know, and those ranges are what, what create emotional responses. I love that you bring that up because Rocky, you know, the moment you said that, I was reminded uh, back to a couple of years ago, I covered the La Cienega Design Quarter LCDQ's Legends event and Patrick Sutton, um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, he's a, he's a designer out of Chicago and he did an entire room, it wasn't a large space, but it's a window, designed the window, did an entire space in blue patent leather. Mm -hmm. And the way that this room worked was amazing. But what's interesting is if you would have painted that same space in the same color blue, high gloss, wouldn't have worked. It, it would not have worked. And no. I'm, I'm curious because when it comes to this, I am not educated, I'm a layman. What is it about the texture that affects the color the way it does? Metamerism. You know, it's metamerism. When you, we as all, as designers, will pick a wool carpet that's an area rug in a room, and let's say it's, you know, celadon green, and you want the walls to match that, and so you, 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 you find a paint color that matches it, or you have a color built, you know, custom match to it, and then you put it up, and you go to the home in the evening, and all of a sudden the rug is pink, and the walls are green. You know, um, color is is a color is a physical property. It is built out of molecules, and the way you construct those, you can do it in so many ways. Um, and Bailey, if you're mixing colors, you really understand this. You know, yes. When you can you can construct the same color in a zillion different ways, and depending how you build that and what the part the pigment the particulate in it is, it's going to reflect the light differently. So when you do a room, a window in patent leather, that material has a physical structure to it that is very different than if you went to mix a paint color over here. 
even the surface is going to look different. You know what I mean? I so, think Rocky, you bring a good point too, is, you know, and you also want to see the materials in the, in the direction that they're going to be adhered. So yeah. if you're doing a wallpaper, look at it, you know, up and down, you know, like it would be on a wall versus a rug. Mm-hmm. You're going to lay that yes. horizontally. Yes. That, the, yes. the light's going to yes. hit that different. Yes. So I think that you make a good point in seeing that in the space or seeing that with a different light, but also seeing it in the, the matter that it will be actually placed in the spe- in the room. Well, and one of the things that we do is we actually build it in a light booth with the lights you're going to have in the evening, because with all the different, you know, all the LED lighting and stuff that's come out, we're seeing really lots of um, variation in what color and how it will behave. So it's kind of really practical too. You just have to you have to study it where you're going to see it in the evening, in particular. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I agree 100%. I experimented. Um, I think Modern Masters um, came out with an iridescent paint, which I mm-hmm. thought, oh, this is gorgeous. And it had like different tints, like either a copper or a gold mm-hmm. or a silver. And it's just a hint. And you put it on top of like a color that you might be painting. My client loved it because she was afraid of, you know, too much color. During mm-hmm. the day when you're in there, that's when it glows. But at night, you don't even know she has metallic paint on her wall. And that was just really beautiful to see that at certain times of the day, it's having a completely different effect. Um, mm-hmm. And so then, you know, she, people would come over just, I just want to see this during the day, you know, so they would come, you know, while the windows were all bright and everything. And then at night, it looked like a totally different thing. So she almost had like, two different paints going on you know it felt like that to her two different moods mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and it is it's very interesting how um ha, you know had i laid that iridescent over the wrong color it may not have looked as pretty you know so it is it is really important to to play with colors how you mix them how do this does this color mix with this color and and what texture comes in them when you mix them so it's it's fun. It's fun, and it's there's a lot to do with it. Like there's so much depth to color. Um, there's so much intensity to certain colors. You know, there's so much to color. So let's let's explore that for a second because um, it's a nice transition. Back in the day, before you could go to a paint store, see a chip, and just grab the gallon, Bailey, you you are a, you're a mixologist, right? So you, you are capable of, of mixing and, and adjusting on the fly, which is, which is, I think, I think a really unique art form, but prior, you know, prior to the way we do things now, that wasn't really an an option. It was mandatory, you know, back. I love these stories of talking to some of the older designers and, I, I want to say it was Bunny Williams that I was talking to, and she was explaining how working for Parrish Hadley that you know the the paint the paint guy would come out right, and they'd be explaining what they want. You're not pulling out chips. You're you have swatches, and you're saying I want this and I want that, and they're mixing. You know, they're mixing a color, the ability yeah. to get that color and to get to have that 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 same color mixed again uniquely by what by a person you know i i feel like that is a that is i don't want to is it a long lost art is that a lost art or is that something that is still is still available you know i think i think you should answer that rocky (laughs) 
Well, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. We, we can take turns on this one. <laughs> well, I was go going ahead. to say for me, I just started doing, remember I told you, um, Josh, I just started doing walls like three years ago. I just woke up one day and started playing with paint. So I wasn't doing this, you know, back in the day. Um, and I don't know. I just, just, I just, once I finally played with paint, I fell so in love with it. It was like therapeutic. There's so much beauty in it. There's so much range. It's just, ah, uh, it was endless. So, so for me, it, it definitely felt like uh, more than just, you know, paint on a wall. It, it, and it felt like an art and it also felt like therapy. It also felt like a mood, you know, it, there was so much to it, but I can't speak to like back in the day how paint was because I wasn't playing with paint early enough. <laughs> I'm old, so I can remember. <laughs> you guys are all young. Um, <laughs> That is exactly how they used to mix paint. It was the painter. The painter came to your home and he was a paint specialist. He was, and you know, really what we're talking about here is a passion for color. And you could never be a good painter if you didn't have, you know, in those days, if you have, if your response to come out and mixing paint for the customer at their, in their kitchen, um, you couldn't do it effectively if you didn't have a real love of color. And what you're talking about, Bailey, is the same thing. I think we're all talking about this, is you have to have a passion. I, I started painting as a very young kid doing artwork because my dad was kind of a weekend painter. And so once you start doing it, it becomes very tactile and emotional. And if yeah. that resonates for you, it's gonna resonate. And, it's, and, and, you, and now that I own a paint company, I've become a geek. <laughs> Because <laughs> I also start looking at it, I start looking at the scientific pieces of it, and that really intrigues me. Um, oh my God! Yes, I I yeah. I came across an article um, about the study of neuroaesthetics that speaks about how color and how art just impacts us, right? And there's a science that proves that it has these effects on us, mm -hmm. just like how people mm -hmm. see a flower and that flower just brings you joy because it's beautiful and colorful and they don't know why, right? All of a sudden they mm -hmm. feel happier, their mood is uplifted. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so absolutely there's a science behind this whole thing about how it affects us you know, and how we become one with the color and what it does for our, our whole life, our, our mood, everything. So sorry. Well, one of the, oh, that's well, fine. I think that applies to, the, you know, they've even done studies about people in um, hospitals or elderly in nursing homes and, and how color affects them there. And, you know, the, the need for nature or items or color that reminds them of nature, the green, the blue, and, and how that affects their mood and affects their mentality. Um, yeah, and I think that's very interesting. Yes. Yeah, it, that, that whole subject is, is very confusing for me because I'm such a believer in the individual. Um, so I'm, and Josh knows this, we've talked about this. I always kind of go crazy when people start to kind of quantify this. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm always trying to get people to get in touch with their personal emotions and not worry about what the generalization of how you're going to respond to something. But the thing that the thing that I think is interesting about the subject of the painter coming in and mixing the paint in the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s was that um, they were doing it in the lighting conditions that it was in. 
you know, we all know as designers how a paint color, you can pick a paint color and have it on one project over here and bring it to another project and it just looks totally different. You can take it to a different room in the home and it looks totally different. So what that painter was doing was exactly, I keep talking about metamerism. He understood how the lighting in that room was gonna start impacting what he was mixing. And he would know in that room, he could start formulating, he could start twisting and formulating. And so it was gonna work in that room. And that's why we at the at the paint lab we're really heavily committed to that. That's why we want to know what lights you're using. We want to be mixing and engineering it in that lighting. So we're kind of doing. I've dipped back too, though. We talk. I talk a lot about that old painter from the 30s and 40s and 50s, and how he was working or she was working because we want to do the, that same thing. We have to bring that back. You know, picking a paint color off of a ink paint chip is just not is not effective. I mean, it's, it doesn't work because ink isn't I, paint. And so, it doesn't even look like the same color, you know? Well, it's also not relevant anymore. And, and I think it's really interesting. So, you know, just looking at, at, at this grouping that we have here. So, so Bailey, you're on the East Coast. You, you have, a, you have a, a, a unique set of colors that you have to deal with. Rocky, you're on the West Coast and whether you're in LA dealing with golden hour, which is relatively consistent in Southern California or color palette for a very gray, dreary Seattle, Washington. It's something you have to take into account. Now, Christina, you have a completely different set of issues because your weather patterns change every 15 minutes. So, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, Christina, when you, when you approach a project and here's, here's why I asked the question, because I love this, the psychological, aspect of what designers do. And I think I've discussed this with each of you at, at individual times before, but not in this context. Taking, taking that psychological profile that all designers, whether knowingly or unknowingly, are, are sort of conducting on their clients at any given time before and during the process, how, how, do, you, how do you determine, how do you, how do you really find what's at the heart of your clients as it relates to color, what is gonna pick them up? And I, and I love the idea of changing color palettes based on lighting and time of day, because now that we're spending time, you know, you put, you put a kid at home trying to do school in a bright yellow room and they're gonna go bananas. Literally, they're gonna go crazy, you know, but if maybe it's a more subtle scenario and then, you know, in the afternoon, the light, the light color changes with the, the the palette changes with the light that's coming in the window. These are all things that designers do that most, most clients don't really ever talk about, let alone realize. And I'm just curious about your approach. You know, I spend a lot of time on the front end with the clients, um, really getting to know them, really trying to understand the um, purpose of each of the rooms. How are those rooms going to function? How, who's going to interact in those spaces? Um, is it going to be for entertaining family? Is it a quiet space? What are, what are the purposes? What are the functions? Like I said, for each of those rooms. Um, and then I have them start to pull concept images, whether it, 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 they may pull a kitchen for a living room, but because they like the feel, because they like the, you know, it, it's not because of, oh, I like that vent hood. It might be, oh, this, I can relate to this image. And as they start to develop or bring their concept images together, I really try to look at patterns and repetition and things that I can start to see play with one another. Okay. They're pulling a lot of cool tones. They must, this must, you know, be 
something that they're really drawn to. Um, and then I, then I start to really ask specific questions. Do you, I see you're pulling grays, you know, do you like these cooler grays? And I'll start to show them other images or, you know, oh, I don't like that. That, that makes it feel sterile or, you know, I'll show them warmer tones. How does this make you feel? And I, I ask very specific questions. Um, and I, I walk through, I say walk through, but a lot of times we're looking at a floor plan and we will go room by room and really dissect it and understand how, how those rooms are going to operate. And, um, then we'll start to apply colors to those spaces. You know, the main objective usually is to not make that house, the house feel like a bunch of different rooms from different houses. So we really try to create a flow. Um, but at the same time, um, if you're going to be in an office there, that's one feeling, then you're going to have in a gym. Um, so, you know, those colors are going to be different. There might be different colors for the, the living room that are different than the master bedroom. But at the same time, you know, we may, we still want it to flow. We still want it to feel cohesive, but maybe there are different intensities of color. Maybe there are different textures that um, play or, you know, play into the different color tones or, um, you know, the, like we talked about before the metallics or whatever the, the different elements or construction materials might be that play into the furniture as well. Um, you know, they all impact one another. And then we always make those selections as Rocky was saying in the home. So let's put the paint colors on the walls. Let's see the floor stains on the floors, in the house, in the right rooms. Let's bring the fabrics in there. Let's, you know, see how um, the different light bulbs or the, the different intensities or, or um, temperatures of the light bulbs affect that color and the different types of day. So it's very much a um, evolutionary study of the person, but also of the light of the house of the um, time of year. It, it all very much plays hand in hand um, with each other. And I think it's, you know, uh, it, it takes time to get it right. And um, the client is very much a part of that whole process because, you know, it is um, very personal. Curious. Do, do each of you have a light bulb of choice? And, and it may seem like such a strange question, but I'm curious because, you know, when, when incandescence were the option and the wattage was the only difference, you had a certain type of yellow then CFLs became, well, you have to go with a CFL. And it added this blue tint to everything and, and virtually changed the way you see things completely. Now we've got this, this uh, what's happened in light, in light bulbs, just over the, over the past five years has been nothing but nothing short of amazing, right? I'm curious, do you, do you have the ones you, you hate? Do you have ones you love? Do you, or do you have a go-to light bulb? Have you, have you, is this something you consider? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, what's interesting. It, you know, I, I just really resisted LED lighting for the first few years um, because it isn't just the color of the light. It's actually the, um, the optics of it. You know, how the light is being pushed out of that picture makes a huge difference. I just finished this big project that we've been working on for uh, four years and we had a lighting consultant on it because it was a very complex project. Um, there was a time in my career where I would spec, um, you know, um, halogen light or low voltage and 
it was beautiful. And I love, I love low voltage light fixtures because of the optics of them, not just the light quality, but the optics. Um, and the incandescent bulb hanging from the ceiling is like you're in prison and you're being interrogated. I and mean, it's the worst. <laughs> Swing it. A, a compact fluorescent will, will make me nuts. You know, they, they flicker. You can't see it with your eyes, but they flicker. And so certain people like me, I'm very hyperactive. It makes me nuts. Okay. So, but I just went through this project where we did all these LED fixtures and these consultants know, you know, they're very aware of the technology behind all of them. And you can have a bulb of the same temperature over here in a different type of fixture, and it's going to create a different kind of light in that, that area than the one over here. So it's gotten a lot more complicated. You know, it's just really super complicated. Um, for me personally, um, I, like, I like light that pops, that pops um, a room that has, um, that gives it, I like shadow. Um, I like form. And I think that's the closest in some is what sunlight does. So yeah, it's a, it's a comp that's a complicated topic these days. Yeah, but you have to consider it. Bailey, do you consider bulbs and lighting? I do, um, but it's by, it's, it's a case by case situation. It just depends on what I'm dealing with in, in that particular person's space. And it, it you know, cause sometimes I'm doing lofts and they have really high ceilings and I have like nice windows or skylights. Um, and so I'm, I'm less concerned, you know, I can just go with a nice, you know, uh, cool white or amber tone bulb um, and it's fine. But then sometimes you have places that are really closed in, you know, lower ceilings, not a lot of light coming in. And then that's when you really have to like, you know, play around with it. But I don't have like a go-to I don't. It, it, it is definitely a case by case for me. Yeah. Christina? You know, I always get asked about temperatures, um, which I think is probably the most common um, that I get asked because a lot of builders that we work with right now are going towards the LED. Um, and so a lot of times it's just, okay, do you want warm light? Do you want cool light? Do you want, you know, natural light? Um, so a lot of times that's a conversation with the client as well. You know, how do you want it to feel? Do you want it to feel more incandescent where, you know, that's probably what you're used to. Do you want it to feel cooler? Like the LEDs that are much more of the bluer tones. Um, you know, so I think that that's kind of the conversation that's mostly had is the temperature. I mean, I think I prefer a little warmer tone and, and light myself. Um, you know, so I'm kind of more in the you know, 3000 range when it comes to, um, you know, the, the temperature and Kelvin's, but, um, you know, you're going, once you start going up, you know, up to the 5,000, you're, you're really getting cool and you're really getting blue. And that's when it, you know, it starts to change, but, um, you know, I've had people who have requested that because, you know, they may have a hard time seeing, or they might, you know, they need more of that clearer, brighter light that, um, you know, is something that they, are more, um, you know, prone to that, that, that's better for their lifestyle. So, um, you know, personal preference, you know, I, I like warmer tones, but, um, it very much is directed by the design and, and, and the person. Last question I have for you. It's amazing. I cannot believe that our time has flown by this quickly. Um, last question I have for you is the tricky one, right? And I'm going to start with you, Christina, and, and, and then we'll go backwards from the way I started this. I'm curious if there's anything that, that you think 
people should know, homeowners, your clients, prospective clients in the future, they, that they should know about color. And one of the things I, I ask about, because if we're talking about color on a sofa, not as easy to change. If we're talking about color on a wall, far easier to change. If we're talking about color palette as it relates to the entire design, that gets a little more technical. I'm just curious, what is it that you wish clients would ask you about in advance? That's a great question. Um, and I think sometimes clients get pigeonholed in what they see or what they know or what they've been, um, what they've, what, what is popular right now and, and what's the trend, you know, so they get caught up, I think a lot of times in that um, versus who they maybe truly are. And I think if, if a client were to say, based on, uh, based on our conversation without maybe knowing exactly what their design, what they think their design is, I think it would be interesting if they were to say, Christina, you, without us giving us, you know, an opinion or us giving you an opinion, you tell us, um, which some clients will do. Um, and I, I love that because I do think that they will branch out more. And I think they start to see that they do like sometimes more vibrant color or that maybe they are more neutral or, and I think that sometimes people get stuck in what they're comfortable with and pushing some boundaries is okay. And I think, um, that oftentimes when they do push those boundaries, they actually really grow to, or they, they really love it. Um, so I think sometimes seeing, getting, um, asking for help on, you know, not doing what they've always done or what they see on TV or what they see on Instagram. Yeah. That's a really great way to start, but, um, you know, let's think of things outside the box and maybe I can show some other ideas that, um, you know, maybe are a little bit different, um, that maybe they don't know about You know, I, I do a lot of research and, and, um, trying to understand past, um, you know, architectural details and, and, um, you know, uh, historical colors and things like that. So I think, you know, bringing those elements into things where it is still classic, but not necessarily trendy, um, is, is very important. Absolutely. Rocky. Um, well, I always go back to the design process that I, um, that I exercise with a new client. And that is, I have them start going through imagery and, and without any preconception of what the result is going to be. In fact, I tell them, do not think about your home. Do not think about solutions. Don't do any of that. I want you just to have visceral responses to images. Um, it can be, a, I had a client who pulled a chocolate Hershey candy bar ad and, and I then and then I like Christina go in and I start talking to them about this. I start. I have to get into their head and figure out what it is about these images that are um, they're having an emotional reaction to. Um, and then I love it when it's a couple and they have very different opinions because then all of a sudden the, the whole character of the project, the concept of it starts to get richer and more layered. So I love the complexity of the human being and how they kind of relate to each other. So every time I get into a project, they do generally have a very unique kind of character to them. And I've worked with people on several of their different homes and their homes will have a different character to it too. And I, I watch the evolution of the people I work with. Um, I see th their appreciation because of the exposure that they start seeing going through imagery is exposure. And so it starts being a dialogue. And then there's a point where, as a designer where you have to become very intuitive 
you have to trust in your intuitive um, um, reactions to a person um, and then have the confidence to push them or to even push yourself. You know, sometimes I have to push myself a little bit and say, don't be conservative here, push a little bit, you know. And um, so, you know, every project is unique to me. Um, yeah. It's, a, it's all about getting into the person. Yeah. Bailey? Yeah, I agree 100% with both of them. Um, my process is, you know, kind of the same. I'm, I'm delving in, I'm digging into spaces that um, I guess they don't expect me to. Like, I want to know about when they traveled, um, where they stayed, what was it about this, you know, amazing resort or place or room that they were in. Um, I want to know about the colors and the textures that they experienced because it became a favorite for them and it's memorable, right? Um, and then I also want to know about colors that they hate, that they just have this bad relationship with and why, you know, what is it? You know, <laughs> like he said, if you got hit by a bus, you know, like you may not like yellow, like Rocky said. So so I I, I really go to those both extremes, you know, what what great memory do you have, you know, and where was it? And what did you see? You know, what did you experience? And then the other end of that is what horrible experience did you have with a color? So I know to take that out the mix completely, right? right. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing that with them. And then really like getting in their head, like Rocky said, it's really important for me to do that. And then to introduce new things because I need to push them a little bit. I need to broaden them. They may be, you know, um, being drawn to trends too much and things that really have nothing to do with them. And it's not in the long run, it's not going to make them happy or make them feel brilliant in their space. It's just something they saw. So I want to make sure that it touches close, you know, to their heart and, and makes them feel really well, really good. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a beautiful process to uncover all of these things about the client. And it really, they get excited too. Like, wow, I, I would have never thought I liked turquoise like that, you know, like that's crazy, you know, you're, but you're right. I went on several vacations and turquoise was it, you know? So it's, it's, it's nice to, to uncover it for them. I love it. I love it. Um, with that, Christina, thank you, Bailey. Thank you, Rocky. Thank you. Um, this is, we've been talking about color and this is part of the wellness and design thought leadership series presented by Thermosol. Um, with that, hopefully you, uh, you've learned a few things. I know I have uh, for sure. This was great. Thank y'all so much for the time. <laughs> Thank you, Christina, Bailey, and Rocky. You are all amazing, and I greatly appreciate the time. Thank you, Thermosol, for being a part of the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series. Thank you, Walker Zanger, for your partnership and support. And thank you for listening. Are you subscribing to the podcast? If not, please do so you get every episode automatically when they're published. You can find Convo by Design everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And now you can find us on designnetwork.org, a destination dedicated to podcasts, all things design and architecture. So make sure to check it out and make sure you're subscribing to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode of Convo by Design. Be well and try to remind yourself to take today first. 